This is episode 5 in this podcast. This is the tragic case of Colette Aram, a 16-year-old girl who was murdered in 1983. Colette Aram was born on the 3rd of February of 1967. At the time of her death, she was training to become a hairdresser, having recently left school. Colette lived in Keyworth in Nottingham. She lived at home with her parents, her mother Jackie, her father Tony and her brother Mark. Colette also had a steady boyfriend called Russell at the time of her murder. Colette was close to her family and was considered to be a happy girl. Her mother said that Colette never saw the bad in anyone. Colette set out to walk the relatively short distance from her home to her boyfriend's house on the 30th of October of 1983. Russell lived in a nearby village. Russell would usually pick Colette up to save her walking. Colette, however, did not appear to mind walking. It was what a lot of young people would do. Colette left home at about 8pm to make her way to her boyfriend's house. She was last seen alive at 8.10pm when she had stopped to talk to some friends that were also out that evening. The alarm was raised by her boyfriend Russell, who was waiting for her to call round to see him. Frantic phone calls were made by her parents, but no one knew where Colette was so the police were called at 10.30pm. Colette's family and friends, as well as the police, searched for any sign of the 16-year-old girl. Nothing was discovered that night, but unfortunately Colette's body was found the very next morning. She was discovered in a field about one and a half miles away from her home. It was later determined that Colette had been raped and strangled. The police immediately launched a murder investigation and door-to-door inquiries were carried out. As well as that, the police questioned those closest to the murdered girl, which is quite typical in murder cases. Her boyfriend told them that his car was off the road at the time, which was also confirmed to be the case, and that's why she was walking to see him at his home. Colette's family and friends and her boyfriend were all devastated and in total shock about what had happened. Keyworth was considered to be a safe village and hardly any serious crime took place there before Colette was very brutally attacked and murdered. As well as the police investigation, Colette's case would feature on the newly launched BBC programme called Crime Watch. Crime Watch was a new format that would reconstruct serious crimes in the hope that information could be gained that would lead to the arrest and conviction of the criminal or criminals involved. Colette's case was the first one to be featured on the new programme and approximately 400 tips were were generated from the programme and many potential suspects could be eliminated eventually through police checking them out. A witness came forward to say that they had heard a woman screaming followed by a car driving off quickly afterwards. This was about the same time that Colette had gone missing. Unfortunately, the witness did not realise the significance of what they had heard until it was too late, which is very often the case. Unfortunately, Colette Aram's murder would remain unsolved for many years. The police did have a DNA profile, but they did not have a match already in the system at the time. DNA was still in its infancy in the 80s. They would have to hope that with advances in DNA profiling or if the person responsible for the rape and murder of Colette Aram is arrested and a sample of his DNA is taken, he would remain free possibly to do it again. The 
family and friends of Colette suffered so much over the years and not having anyone locked up for it must have been devastating. The police obtained the DNA sample from a paper towel that had been left behind in a pub close to where Colette's body was found. The landlady at the time had noticed some blood on a customer's hand. The man had come into the pub to have a meal and a drink shortly after the time it was thought that Colette had been murdered. Police knew that he must have had something to do with her murder because not only was his blood on the paper towel but also it was confirmed later that Colette's blood was also on the paper towel. But at this point in the investigation the police did not know who had murdered her. Despite having many tip-offs the police could not find Colette's killer. Many years went past and then suddenly the police had a breakthrough and it seemed to come from nowhere. In June of 2008, a young man called Jean-Paul Hutchinson was arrested by the police on a motoring offence. Because routine swabs were now to be carried out on anyone arrested on a chargeable offence, they took one from the young man and managed to get a near-identical match to the DNA profile. However, due to the fact that Jean-Paul Hutchinson was only 20 years old, he obviously was not the killer, but it means that a close relative, in all probability, was. DNA has certainly come a long way since the 80s. The police narrowed the suspects down to the father of Jean-Paul Hutchinson, who is called Paul Hutchinson. Paul was arrested in April of 2009. At the time of his arrest, he was 50 years old, which meant he would have been about 24 years old at the time of Colette's murder. Although Paul Hutchinson denied having had anything to do with Colette Aram's murder, he was charged shortly after he was arrested. The police had obviously got enough evidence against him by this time. Paul Hutchinson kept up with the denials for some time, but finally entered a plea of guilty at his pre-trial hearing, which was on the 21st of December of 2009. The evidence that the police had gathered was crucial to Paul Hutchinson deciding to plead guilty. The police already had a DNA match from the paper towels that the suspect had left behind in the bathroom bin at the pub, which thankfully the landlady had had great awareness and had contacted the police. She had noticed the blood on Paul Hutchinson, who she did not know beforehand and had come across the paper towels left by him in the men's toilets. Some people may have just thrown them away and have not given it another thought. By the next day, the locals would know that a girl had been murdered very close to the pub. Still, some people do not want to get involved or that they think the information that they have is not relevant to the inquiry. Luckily, in this case, it helped eventually put a brutal murderer away. The other information that the police had gathered points a very creepy picture of the murderer. Although Paul Hutchinson had no previous criminal convictions, it turns out that he liked to spy on young girls. On the day of Colette's murder, Paul Hutchinson had spied on young girls at a riding school in the local area. He had actually hidden in one of the sheds so that no one knew he was there and had just watched the girls riding the horses. It has been reported that Paul Hutchinson stole a car and drove to Keyworth, the town that Colette lived in, although the two probably did not know each other. He had apparently approached two schoolgirls and they reported that it seemed that he was carrying a bread knife at the time. He did not do anything to the girls and they just carried on on their way. It was not reported if the girls had actually reported the incident to the police or if they had spoken about it after news of Colette's murder came out and the two schoolgirls did not know Paul Hutchinson. 
Jeopardy school. The girls must have been absolutely terrified. Unfortunately for them, he was not serious about attacking them, or if he was, something put him off. However, Colette would not be so lucky because later that very same day, Paul Hutchinson murdered her and dumped her body in a field just like she was a piece of rubbish. At the time of her murder, Colette Aram lived just seven streets away from the evil man that had decided to rape and kill somebody. Paul Hutchinson, once he had a victim clearly in his sights, was ready to pounce. He saw Colette walking along, stopped the car and grabbed Colette and bundled her into the car. According to evidence taken from the scene and the body, he had hit her over the head with a bottle, then raped her before strangling her to death. He also posed Colette's body in a sexually provocative pose in the field. She was also naked when she was discovered the next day. Once the initial police investigation had calmed down, Paul Hutchinson must have thought that he had got away with the murder. He carried on with his life seemingly without a care in the world, but hopefully he was scared of being caught all the time. Paul Hutchinson, at the time of his arrest in 2009, had been married twice and had four children. He had studied psychology at university and had worked as a youth worker. He was working as some sort of businessman when he was arrested. He was sentenced at Nottingham Crown Court on the 25th of January 2010 to life with a minimum term of 25 years to be served before he could apply for parole. Colette's mother Jackie said after the sentencing that it had brought some relief to the family but they really wanted and needed to know why Colette was killed. Paul Hutchinson refused to answer this question. On the 11th of October of 2010, Paul Hutchinson was discovered unconscious in his prison cell. He died later on the way to hospital. The police thought that Paul Hutchinson had somehow managed to get hold of some medication and that he had overdosed. However, a post-mortem examination was inconclusive. He probably took the coward's way out once he knew that his life was effectively over or else natural causes robbed the Aram family of full justice, just like it had for over 25 years prior to Paul Hutchinson's arrest. The family of Colette obviously have all suffered from what had happened to her. She had so much promise and was excited about learning hairdressing. Her best friend at the time was also studying to become a hairdresser in the same village that they lived. Colette was doing her apprenticeship in one of the hairdressers and her friend was doing hers in the other hairdresser in the village. They were both excited about the prospects that lay ahead for them. Colette was in a happy and stable relationship with her boyfriend Russell at the time as well. It must have seemed to her that life was going really well for her and that the future was very promising. Like most young people, Colette probably would not have been worried about walking a relatively short distance on her own, even though it was the end of October and would have been dark at the time that she set off. The killer was just on the prowl and had clearly been stalking people, well, young girls really, all day. He had stolen a car, a fiesta, so he now had the means available to him to try and grab someone off the streets for his own perverted, twisted pleasures. It was also shocking, in my opinion, that shortly after Paul Hutchinson had murdered Colette and just dumped her naked body in a field, he had driven to a nearby pub, even though he also had blood on his hands, literally. The landlady of the pub, which was called the Generous Briton, had noticed him and said that he had ordered a ploughman's meal to eat and a drink. Obviously, he was not too traumatised by what he had just done. He had 
snuffed a young, innocent girl's life out and then calmly went and had a meal and used the bathroom in the pub to wash the hands of the blood from his victim and then just carried on with his life. Most, most of us probably would not be able to comprehend killing an innocent person, dumping their body and then popping into a pub for something to eat afterwards. It just is very callous and in my opinion it shows what an evil man Paul Hutchinson was. It does seem surprising that he has not had not been linked to any other similar crimes in the area, but it does seem as though he just went about his life. He went on to have four children of his own, which is so unfair when you consider that Colette was only 16 years old and had just recently left school and had had no chance to live what probably would have been her most prosperous years. The village of Keyworth would have been affected as well, even though the murder took place in the early 80s. People do not tend to forget, especially because it was unsolved for such a long time and the victim was only 16 years old. Paul Hutchinson had also tried to put the blame on his dead brother when the police obtained a DNA profile from the sample taken from Paul's son, John Paul Hutchinson. However, he had to give up on that idea because the police had found a DNA profile of his dead brother and it was not a match. So he was still trying to get out of taking any kind of responsibility for what he had done. Sad that he obviously thought so little of his brother as well that he tried to pin everything on him. A dead brother who would not be able to defend himself or deny any knowledge of what his disgusting brother had done and almost got away with for so many years. Paul Hutchinson was in his 20s when he committed murder and he had shown signs of deviant behaviour by hiding in a shed and spying on unsuspecting girls. I do wonder if the urge had been festering away with, within him and he decided he was going to act on it on that day in October of 1983. He had stolen a car and he had already threatened two schoolgirls before grabbing Colette. It certainly would seem that the murderer had already decided to attack somebody, maybe not to murder them, although maybe he just didn't care as long as he got what he wanted. It would be interesting to find out if Paul Hutchinson had committed any other crime, either before or after he had murdered Colette. Just because he had no prior convictions, as we know from other cases, it does not mean that he had not carried out any similar crimes. It is hard to comprehend that a person can just attack and kill someone and then go on to have their own children as though nothing had happened. It certainly does not appear that he had confided in anyone or if he did, they did not come forward to the authorities to tell them. It is always a tragedy when a person is brutally taken from the family and that so many people would never recover from the loss of their loved one. They would just have to learn how to try and live with it the best that they can. Also, the killer never re never completed his sentence because he died, whether it was an overdose or natural causes. He cheated a young girl out of her bright future and he had almost got away with it and had got away with it for so many years. I hope that before Paul Hutchinson was arrested, after the DNA profile was obtained from his son, Jean-Paul Hutchinson, that he was worrying about being caught and that he was looking over his shoulder the whole time, that he never really relaxed, you know, because obviously he had just, it would seem that he just got on with his life, you know, casually just going to the pub afterwards shows you what sort of man that he was. 
but the fact that he'd married twice, were there any problems there? Was there anything there to suggest that he was an evil person or had he literally just put it behind him and changed? I don't suppose we'll ever find out that for sure. I expect Colette's parents would have been proud had she been able to live and achieved her dream job in hairdressing and her ambitions in the beauty industry. And I'm sure because she was described as very happy and didn't see the bad in anyone that she would have gone on to have a really good life and perhaps had children, you know, or maybe gone travelling, whatever she wanted to do. This was another very sad case, but luckily, even though it took over 25 years, justice was served in the end. I found all the information on this case from Wikipedia and also the Guardian newspaper.